0: The, diamond the, that that
1: I it's the Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. So I'm holding a size 10 male shoe. It's a beautiful shoe. It's a, a suede brown brogue. Really beautiful uh, leather sole. And the inside is leather as well. Very elegant, thin laces. It's an educated shoe. It's a clever shoe. It's just it's a no messing around. I know my stuff. Shoe. These shoes belong to Alan Reed. This is his story. Is
0: there something messing through his My name is Alan Reed. I'm a, what's called a specialty registrar in public health medicine, and I work in West Midlands at Solihull. I started as a registrar in 2012 because I wasn't always working in in public health. Previous to that, I had a clinical role as a dentist. Uh, So I was a dentist for 17 years. I was born in Glasgow, as you can probably tell from the accent. Uh, I went to school just outside Glasgow in Paisley. boy, uh, studious, academic, probably nerdy child, came from a medical family, my mother was a senior nurse, my sister, older sister, she went into nursing as well, and I was probably the clever one, and I think my mother wanted me to go and do medicine, I was thinking of doing medicine, but then I was never out at the dentist, because I had a, grew up in uh, the 1980s with a, a Glasgow uh, diet of sugar, and uh, I was never out at the dentist having cavities done, and my dentist was uh, very friendly and uh, I was probably looking as a role model at that time because, I don't know, I think probably a lot, a lot of teenagers when you're, you're gay, especially in Scotland in the 1980s, that's probably what you know. I was looking for, for a role model. He seemed to fit that. He had a medical job. And I thought, oh, actually, maybe I won't do medicine, maybe I'll do dentistry instead. And that's really how I became a dentist and applied to dental school and got accepted and uh, qualified from dental school in 1991, like whaler. Like century. <laughs> I started practicing in Glasgow, and the reason I moved down to London is I met someone online, this is probably the early times of uh, of online, your gaydars and gay.coms, and uh, uh, I met a guy who was from Montenegro in former Yugoslavia, he moved to London in 1999, and we got chatting, and... Uh, he came up to Glasgow for a year and thought, well, you know, it's better down in London. I think you'd be better off down there. And uh, I sort of said, okay, let's do it. Carried on. I got a job in a practice in Lewisham. Everything was fine. Uh, my partner and I, the Montenegrin partner, we split up around about two thousand and six. But we stayed friends. We kind of lost touch a little bit, but we stayed, we stayed in contact, you know, occasionally, until I found out that he'd been diagnosed HIV positive, and of course we'd been together for quite a number of years. Uh, and I thought, well, oh, I perhaps should get myself tested. Uh, but knowing that if I got myself tested and it was a positive result, that that would be the end of my career. That eventually I decided to get tested anonymously to find out what the result would be and it was a positive result. So I had to struggle with what to do. I initially didn't disclose to anyone except for a few close friends. And uh, But then one day I was at work, about three, four months after my HIV diagnosis and I got a phone call from the um, Health Protection Agency, which is a government agency that deals with medical threats to health. So I got a phone call from the local office to say that the Sun newspaper had been in touch, that uh, they'd got a story from someone that I was a dentist and practicing knowingly practising well HIV positive. And I left the surgery for the, the last time, left dentistry that day, in 2008. The policy started in 1990. Obviously HIV became an issue in the, the mid-80s the recommendation from the Department of Health was that any healthcare care worker uh, was banned from, from healthcare. care. So that policy kind of remained, and then obviously they relaxed it for, for non-surgical performing health care workers when they realised there wasn't a risk. So, but for people like me, surgeons, dentists, midwives, theatre uh, assistants, uh, anyone who's working in a surgical field, uh, if they were HIV positive, they just weren't allowed to work. That was the end of their career. About three or four days after I had to give up work, of course, the Sun newspaper printed their story under the usual Sun newspaper banner of AIDS dentist, you know, with the most unflattering picture that was taken off, that they took off me from a hidden camera across the street to make me look just completely awful. (laughs) And I thought, okay, you know, if, if my world was collapsing round about me. I was in distraught, you know. I was, I was a nervous wreck. I just remember it was the, the, the fear and anxiety. that ended up having my house repossessed and uh, basically having to myself in the mercy of friends. Uh, for someone to stay effectively being homeless, so going from a dentist with seventeen years' practice, uh, always paying my bills, never, you know, uh, all, really not wanting for anything. Certainly not very rich, but comfortable. Uh, uh, to going to to nothing, it was a real wake-up call. You know, it's a really difficult time. Uh, in fact, I've had some tax and some bills outstanding that I didn't have any income to pay against, so I ended up having to go bankrupt. So my HIV status in terms of the impact in my life was was pretty devastating. A friend of mine said, look, come out to my house in Italy and just get away from it all, get away from the press. So yeah, i ended up living in Italy for just over a year, living a different, completely different kind of life. It was probably actually what I needed. It was a place where no one knew the story and uh, I could really recover, I suppose. I came back from Italy, all renewed and full of hope with a plan to what I was going to do. I went back to university and did a master's in public health. Uh, But then I found out about training as a consultant in public health and uh, moved into public health in 2012. And uh, uh, the post I got offered was in Birmingham. So I'd never actually lived or been to Birmingham. I'd passed through it on the train. So I thought, well, here we go. A new beginning in Birmingham. And that's how I ended up moving here. Since 2005, there was a review of changing uh, the guidance to allow HIV-positive healthcare workers back to surgical procedures if they were on antivirals and had an undetectable viral load. Which antiviral? The point. That's the whole point of taking antiviral. There's more and more evidence to show that someone who has an undetectable viral load can't transmit the HIV virus to to anyone else, either sexually or through blood-to-blood. For it might happen through a, a surgical incident, for example. The thing that was missing up until that point is that no one had, there was anecdotal stories of Dentist A, this happened to them and they said this was really terrible what happened to me. There was no face to it, there was no one prepared to actually say, you know, I am Alan and I'm a dentist, this happened to me. Obviously, my, my name was already in the Sun newspaper online with AIDS dentists. I thought, well, I'm going to take control of this and take ownership of it. And, you know, if there's going to be press for me, it'll be in my terms. And maybe that would help to dilute the sort of negative stuff that was there. So, so I, yeah, I did a few interviews, um, newspaper interviews, and really it was a very positive outcome. They saw my side of it, and I was able to, to put my story across. And, of course, it, Having that a named person or a face and name to it gave uh, certainly more power and influence to uh, medical and dental defence union and the, the, the indemnity groups that were working uh, with the the government experts to get this the, this change uh, to occur. And I'm happy to say in 2012, 2013, that's when the first guidance came through that within the year it was going to be changed. Uh, And the guidance actually officially changed on January the 1st, 2014. Mm -hmm. Bearing in mind that it wasn't really my choice to give up dentistry, it was kind of forced on me and I had to find something else to do. I decided to see if I would perhaps want to combine a career with public health, with going back to dentistry. If only to go back to dentistry, to say, I can. So that's the reason why I'm looking at uh, possibly returning to dental practice.
1: Alan's story was produced by Rob Eagle. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition. The The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going next.